You're listening to the Tonta of Justice from Forspoken, released January 24th, 2023, composed by Bear McCreary. What's up, BG Maniacs? Welcome to another episode of BG Mania, a video game music podcast. I, of course, am your host, Brian, and joining me on the show today, it is Pedroth. Hey, hey, man. Hi, How are ya? How are ya? Welcome back. It's August. I'm... It is. It is. And it's it is fucking August. hot outside, man. <laughs> yep. You don't have to tell me, man. It's so hot outside. <laughs> It's like if it's only 99 degrees, we're like, oh, yes, at least it's not three digits today. And yeah, yeah it's been it's been it's been hot. And um, the heat warrants the language. I can't step outside for more than a few minutes and feel like I want to go back inside. <laughs> and that's where I've been spending most of my time inside. But yep. that's a normal day for me anyway. So I hear you. Yeah. 
But it's it's been a week, man. It's been crazy as we record, and so I am I am ready to jump into some maybe maybe some more more moody, more yeah atmospheric music. Uh-huh. I guess dare we say? Yeah, this is gonna be fun. Before we talk about what we're doing, real quick, if you'd be so kind, head on over to Apple Podcast or whichever app you've chosen to listen to us on. Drop us a quick rating interview. Really does help us out in terms of visibility, so that this show continues to grow. And remember, we are on Patreon now as well. Patreon.com forward slash RPG era. Check out our tiers, see what we're doing, and if you feel inclined, toss us a couple bucks each month. If not, continuing to listen to the episodes as they upload Tweet Works Wonders as well. And of course, special shout out to current executive producers, Jexax and Zantku. Oh man, this is an episode that I have been wanting to do for quite some time. And I didn't know initially how I wanted to tackle this episode. And initially I just called it Movie Composers. And I don't know if that's the name that's going to stick when the episode actually posts. I might call it something different. Um, But when we started talking about the idea for this episode as it was getting closer, because I put this on the calendar a long time ago. It's been on there for probably over a year, but um, I didn't know how we were going to do it. And then I was describing to you that I guess the idea in my head was to take your idea again. I do that a lot, I guess, uh, about the Masters of VGM. (laughs) (laughs) But I wanted to take your idea like the Masters of VGM idea. But instead of it being focused on video game composers, I wanted an episode where we highlighted the Masters of Hollywood. Okay, yeah. So every composer you hear today, while they may be known now for a lot of the video game scores and music that they've composed throughout the years, they are primarily known for their compositions in Hollywood, whether it be for major motion pictures, TV, whatever the case may be. And the only criteria I said to you when I, because I went through a list of like 500 composers, the only criteria I set out was that the composer had to have less video games than movies. Like they had to have composed more movies and more specifically like bigger budget blockbuster movies even at times than they did compose video games. So they had to have just composed a handful. And I think one of my composers might have composed the most amount of video games, but it's still less than his Hollywood contributions. Yeah, like I said last week with the space episode, it's nice to have kind of a, an approach that will help you narrow things down. Indeed, indeed. And um, speaking of the space episode, we got a comment and I have to pull it up. Okay. Uh, we got two comments because there's one on the Gravity Circuit episode that posted last night already. Holy shit. Oh, man. Um, but I also think there was a comment in Discord. No, there wasn't. I lied. Um, <laughs> let's check these comments. So if we first start off with Across the Universe, Clark, who I assume is the same Clark that generally he submitted a few Radio Hour tracks in the past. Um, I think he was on last month, and I know he sent one in for this coming up episode. Uh, that'll be mm-hmm. featured before this episode airs. So he technically was on the most recent episode before this one. Uh, If it's the same Clark, I think it is. He said, phenomenal episode. That steam-powered giraffe track was absolutely stellar and has made me a fan of the band already. Can't wait for Radio Hour. (laughs) Stellar. Nice one, Clark. Yeah. And then Gravity Circuit, the bonus episode that just dropped uh, last night, technically. It posted on the 27th, right at the end of the day. Usually the same time I get episodes out. But uh, this one comes from Melissa. And she said, this episode made me want to purchase the game. Love the synthwavy rock soundtrack. Great picks. Ah, nice. Excellent. So that's all. That's all. Kudos to you. Great picks. You picked them all. I didn't do shit. Well, thanks, man. Well, I mean, you included the episode on the list, and uh, yeah, you're the you're the CEO, man. You make the decisions. <laughs> the so. CEO. Yeah. <laughs> 
But yeah, but Melissa can't stand for, for chief that. executive officer. In our opinion, it's got to stand for something else. <laughs> I just don't know what Let's that other else would be. Write in and tell us uh, for Brian what 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 you think CEO should stand for. <laughs> can't, can't be anything important. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, thanks, Melissa, for that and for all the comments all the time. And if uh, one person bought the game because of the soundtrack, then I did at least part of what I set out to do. <laughs> Spread the word. Wow, that episode already has over 100 plays. Very, very cool. It literally posted less than 24 hours ago. I love that. That also means that uh, people are interested in that game. People are looking it up. Yeah, people are looking it up. Yeah, that's cool. That's really cool. Um, But yeah, I think today's episode is also going to be pretty cool as we move into the month of August. And hopefully we can maybe cool down the temperatures outside. So as we mentioned last week, on I think it was even in that bonus episode, August is going to be a really fun month. And this week... I'm I'm really, really hoping, man. I'm really, really hoping that I set the tone with my opening track. So we came into this by taking a listen to the Tanta of Justice from Forspoken, which actually just released earlier this year on the best day of the year, January 24th. It's my birthday. <laughs> and this one was pre- composed by Bear McCreary, who in terms of a video game standpoint is definitely not most well known for composing Forspoken. You think Bear McCreary, you think God of War. Yep. So he's definitely really, really, really done well in turn. And he's only done, hasn't done that many, dude. He started composing for video games in 2010. Uh, He started composing for films in 2006. His first TV show was in 2004. So he started composing for video games in 2010 with Dark Void Zero and just a game called Dark Void. So maybe they were like a prequel and a sequel. But he also did the soundtrack to SOCOM 4, Defiance, Assassin's Creed Syndicate, Jack the Ripper, the DLC that came out for that game. Of course, 2018's God of War reboot. He has done a contribution for the League of Legends soundtrack. He did do Call of Duty Vanguard, of course, Ragnarok, and also plays a character in Ragnarok, which is super sick. And he composed... Oh, he's a bard, right? Uh... No, not. I, well, I, so. I saw something recently where like the composer guested as like a musician or a bard or something. He's like a, um, he is a, a bard. I guess he's a bard, but he also is a bartender because he works behind like the bar at the place you find him. But yeah, now that you say it, I do remember there being a loot there or something like that. Um, and he also didn't he do some work on one of the Minecraft expansions? Um, if he did, I don't have it listed. Okay, I might be thinking of somebody else like Gareth Coker, but Gareth Coker definitely did. Um, yeah. And Forspoken, just shout out, Forspoken was co-composed with Gary Scheiman, who oh, himself yeah. also is a film and TV composer. Right, he's a Hollywood composer. So right. we had two yeah. actual Hollywood composers on this particular soundtrack. This track, more specifically, composed by Bear McCurry. Um, and this is very cinematic. It almost is very, um, ah, I hate to say this because of what you have coming up, but it's very Elfman-like. <laughs> it's not a bad thing, man. It's hard to not be. Elfman is one of the, one of the <laughs> I know, you know, I know, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> but um, Forspoken is, you know, it's not the best of games. I did talk about it uh, over when we were doing Max Level now play on arrival but you know i did play through forespoken i wouldn't say it's amazing but i had a lot of fun with it and the soundtrack is excellent dude all the music sounds just like this it sounds like it's ripped straight from a movie and that's kind of what i'm hoping for here i love a lot of the um effects that bear mccurry put into this you know what this also sounds to me sounds like to me and you'll have to, if you know off the top of your head, tell me who the composer is, because I don't know off the top of mine. This sounds very Harry Potter. That's John Williams. There you go. 
but does it not sound very Harry Potter? It does have yes, like that magic it, because this game is all about using magic and spells and abilities. So I think that might yeah, have been by makes design. Sense and yeah, definitely was most likely took took a cue from the Harry Potter sound. Now, Bear McCurry, in terms of films, um, he's done several. Uh, I think his more like well-known ones are probably later on in his career. Um, I can tell you I don't watch a lot of movies, so there's probably some on this list that are early on that people are like, oh, yeah, I know what that is, but I don't because I don't watch a lot of movies. I know what 10 Cloverfield Lane is that in 2016, but, um, you know, I start getting into recognizing him from, like, Godzilla, King of the Monsters in 2019, Child's Play in 2019. He did, um, actually, recently, and actually don't think it's released yet. I think it's coming out later this year, and I'm kind of looking for Yeah, it comes out on August 11th. It actually comes out soon, so cool. It's called The Last Voyage of the Demeter, which is known as Dracula Voyage of the Demeter in some international markets but it's basically a movie about like Dracula to an extent I guess or some sort of thing to do with vampires and I like vampires I want to check it out cool very cool and uh, it's not film but didn't he also do uh, the rings of power he certainly did. Yeah, he did the yep. soundtrack to Rings of Power. Um, not his most recent contributions to uh, the TV industry. So he also did the soundtrack to the four, I think it was a four-piece mini. Nope. Yeah, it was a four-piece miniseries, uh, The Witcher Blood Origin last year. So that was his most okay. recent um, TV stuff. But outside of Rings of Power, if we're looking at TV, he started out in TV in 2004 with one of my roommate's favorite TV show of all time, Battlestar Galactica. Um, oh, wow. And has also did the music for all 177 episodes of The Walking Dead. He did Battlestar Galactica Blood and Chrome, uh, Defiance again, Defense's Demons. He did all 136 episodes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And he is just a really big deal. <laughs> Yeah, man. Good grief. I love Bear McCurry. He is one of my favorite modern, like, cinematic Hollywood-type composers. Which is the, the only reason I love him. that I, I didn't even go looking for him, because I knew that you would bring him, so. Yeah, I freaking love Bear McCurry. But I talked a lot, which is unusual. Um, you may <laughs> well, not you talk as much this track. episode, actually, now that I say that. Maybe. Um, you know, I'll be so lost in my thoughts, because I'm, I'm you're, in you're the vibing, zone. You're vibing right alongside me tonight. <laughs> Popping gummies, baby. Yep, that's right. Of course, they they have to be of the the dosage that's that's legal here in one of the uncool states. But uh, but yeah, it's um. Try that in a small I can town. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Try that in a small town, indeed. Um, I guarantee you, a bunch of people are trying that in small towns all over the country. <laughs> oh. No, I just had to get a ref, dude. It's all I've seen on the news this entire week. I had to get a reference in. Of course, of course, yeah. It's, uh, it's funny for all all the same reasons. But anyway, we're not gonna get into that because um i'm gonna start talking now but yeah i am definitely in the zone for sure but um you know it was your opening track makes sense that you would have some stuff to say about it but uh you did mention danny elfman i did and i feel like i almost spoiled it for you i'm sorry no, that's okay. Because I mean, he's done he's done a few different things. Not not a whole lot. He is definitely much much more well known for film. I mentioned you know he's he's one of the big ones. Uh, you know, Beetlejuice, 
um, pretty much anything by Tim Burton. You think about that, you think of Danny Elfman, but also things like Spider-Man and uh, one of the, the more recent ones, uh, an excellent, excellent movie, uh, The Mitchells versus The Machines. Kyle um, loves that, that movie. That was also, yeah. Kyle also absolutely loves that movie. I'm very disappointed in you that you didn't mention The Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, of course, The Nightmare Before Christmas, yes. And actually, uh, I believe, I don't remember if he was the voice of Jack. Was he, was he the voice of Jack Skellington? The singing voice of Jack Skellington. Yes, yeah, the singing not, voice. Not the yeah. spoken voice. Which, yeah, very cool and uh, definitely a great story. I did mention Tim Burton, but you're right. I did not specifically mention uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. Um, but yeah, uh, but one of the games that he did compose for, I mentioned there weren't a whole lot, is a game that I, ha- I, I've i heard a lot about over the years. Um, was definitely, it was one of the first games that gave me FOMO in the later console wars with uh, like GameCube, Xbox, PS2 because this game never came out on Switch and so on on the GameCube on any Nintendo systems for for a while or and any PlayStation system Yep, this was an Xbox thing, man. And we're talking about Fable. Still is. Yeah, we haven't listened yeah. to it yet. We're talking about it. Yeah. But. Um, I, I do think, well, I mean, you know, Nintendo and Microsoft have been playing more nice lately. I, I, d- did I hear correctly that there, that Fable has been ported to Switch at some point or no? Absolutely not. Okay. All right. Well, there we go. But yeah, um, we will talk a little more about the game when we come back. But for now, let's go ahead and jump into my first block. Sounds good. We're going to listen to the main theme from Fable, released September 14th, 2004, and composed by Danny Elfman.
Next up, we're going to listen to First Volley from The Sims 2, released again September 14, 2004, and composed by Mark Mothersbaugh. Closing out my first block, we're going to take a listen to funk music from Zyconics, released in 1992 and composed by Henry Jackman.
right, coming back in, we are first talking about the main theme from Fable. Uh, so yeah, Danny Elfman. Uh, now, what are your thoughts about this as a Danny Elfman track? This as a Danny Elfman track doesn't feel a lot like Danny Elfman to me. Um, it is definitely more, It's, I guess I would say, like mainstream. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know, his stuff is very unique, right? I mean, it even is. if you're not even talking compositions, if you go back to Oingo Boingo, like his stuff is very mm-hmm. unique. Um, and, and this does feel, it has a very, very mainstream feel to it. But in terms of an overall, like, composition and track, dude, I freaking love it. I absolutely love this track. I think it's really, really... It, okay, so it fit, and I think a lot of people will agree with this sentiment. The first fable, way over-promised and severely under-delivered. So I feel like this track as the main theme captures the feel of what the original fable was supposed to feel like. Instead, it ends up feeling like there is just one sound channel coming from like an NES or something like that because Fable was a massive letdown. And that's primarily because of Peter Molyneux. The guy just can't pull off his visions and ideas. He tells you a game's going to be something and it's not. So when you mentioned you had FOMO, I was going to tell you it's okay that you missed out on this. Fable has never been amazing. Fable has never been amazing. Like Fable 1, 2, 3, none of them, I would say, are amazing. They're Sounds good. Like he needs to go study under uh, uh, Hideo Kojima for a little bit. Exactly. Like the games are passable. The games are generally rated good, right? Like mid sevens to mid eights. Some people gave it like, you know, high eights, low nines. So Fable, it, it gets good scores. It's a good game. But they're never amazing. Now, there is another one coming soon. You know, Peter Molyneux is no longer attached to the series. Um, But there is another one coming along. It is exclusive still to Microsoft. Microsoft owns the the, the IP, so they're not going to let go of it anytime soon. That's why it's not on any other consoles except for PC. Um, But there is a new one coming out that's been perpetually delayed, uh, currently set to come out sometime maybe next year. Who knows if we're lucky. Um but probably not, and I'm hoping Perfect it's good. Perfect laser, rarely a good sign. Yeah, it was yeah. initially, uh, it was first announced at the Xbox Game Showcase in the summer of 2020, but it had been known to be in development through leaks and things back as early as like 2017. Um, so the game has been in development for at least six years now. And I don't feel like we're any closer to release yet. We've still seen like next to nothing on this game outside of a really cool trailer that they showcased this year at the Summer Game Fest. <laughs> yeah. That was the one that had the uh, that gi- uh, the giant in it. And uh, who played uh, the giant was played by the British actor from the IT crowd with the afro. Uh, what's his name? Richard Ayoidi. O- Ayo- I don't know how to say his last name. Richard Kyle would know. A- yeah, I, I'm, not, I'm not even going to try. Know. I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, that guy from the IT crowd uh, played Maurice on the IT crowd. So right. he okay. stars in Fable as this like giant character, like a, in, a massive giant. And it's just so cool seeing him in the game. Well, I know uh, we've been talking about Fable for a bit, but I do have one other question. Before I get to that, I want to mention uh, that the rest of the soundtrack was composed by 
Russell Shaw, who definitely is more well known for 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 video games, um, and maybe only known for his for video games, but uh, he's done things like Dungeon Keeper, Populous. Uh, he did the Theme Park series and the Fable series, and so I want to give him a shout out. But so it's Russell a little Shaw. sad that Danny Elfman doesn't have that many unique video game compositions. Right. Most of his yeah. compositions in terms of a video game setting are things he composed for a film or a TV show. Right. So you think of all the Simpsons games that use the main theme to the Simpsons? You're hearing a Danny mm-hmm. Elfman track. Yep. You think and of, course, of you know, Nightmare Kingdom Before Hearts. Christmas games or Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. 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 Anytime you get Nightmare Before Christmas, yes. Absolutely. Yeah. You're hearing just stuff that was composed for the films. They use the originals or maybe, you know, like arranged versions by other composers, but that's where you hear his music. But And even, uh, you know, Nightmare Before Christmas got a sequel that was an actual sequel story on video game consoles. And instead of, you know, getting Del- getting seeing if Elfman would, you know, do more like new songs. Uh, it they use somebody different. Reused. Yeah. Yeah, they use somebody so, different from my understanding. Uh, Will shout out. I'm very looking forward because he is composing next year's Beetlejuice 2. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be. I think that's going to be great. You know, it just feels right. And I uh, hope so. Yeah. I hope so. so. All right. Well, um, let us go ahead and move on to our next track. Uh, This one, a name that has been, he's been known for so much all over music. Uh, We're talking about First Volley from The Sims 2. And I mentioned that this had kind of a silly sound to it. Yeah. And there's a reason for it. I like it. Yeah. It's because the the composer, um, I I would say it's fair to say is is kind of a goofy guy. I mean, I've I've even heard him on a podcast and he was very affable, very, you know, he, he, he wasn't, uh, didn't take himself too seriously. And we're talking about Mark Mothersbaugh. Absolutely. The guy that walks around wearing like a flower pot on his head. He's a goofy guy. (laughs) That's right. There you go. There you go. It is Um, a flower pot, right? I actually don't know. I'm not a massive fan of Devo. I mean, yeah, I, it, it, it would would not surprise me. I've I've seen enough of Devo. Although, like a lot of people our age, I feel like probably one of our first exposures to Devo was actually "Dare to Be Stupid" by Weird Al because yeah, yeah, it was 100%. a style parody of Devo's sound. And Mark Mothersbaugh actually is on the record as saying that he hates that he thinks Weird Al wrote a better Devo song than they ever actually performed, <laughs> <laughs> and he hates him for it. But yeah, um, the only thing I really know about Devo is that they are from Akron, Ohio, which is basically basically <laughs> where, where, where I lived um, before I moved over to live with Justin two years ago. Um, and yeah, he's actually from Akron as well. So they are pretty much Akron natives. Sad. Wow. I mean, Akron's not a great city, but yeah. that's pretty much well. one of the only things I know. I'm not. So Devo is considered new wave. I don't really like new wave. So. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Even um, though they use a lot of synthesizers. Like I'm not a massive fan of new wave. Blondie's another new wave band. I'm not a big fan of Blondie or the Cars. I don't like the Cars either. Yeah, my dad didn't play very much New Wave at all on his show. He did play a little bit of it because they, you know, they're in that early 80s era and he definitely played stuff from that time. And, but, but yeah, yeah, it definitely, it's a unique sound. And there's probably a reason that. I like things that spawned from New Wave, like Synthwave. Mm -hmm. I love that, but I don't like New Wave that much. I don't know why. And I don't think you hear a lot of like pure New Wave anymore. Um, maybe I'm wrong. No, uh, you know. no. I, I think the I think the most recent artist to really try to do new wave in its purest form was Franz Ferdinand. Maybe. Okay. Okay. Um, but he has actually done a lot of film score and TV score, and um, He's a done lot a of lot, TV score. Dude, looks like way more yeah. than you would realize that he would have done. 
Yeah, definitely so. And um, I think one of the things that, uh, um, like, again, people our age that I think we, we would think about uh, with regard to him is like Rugrats. Absolutely. Um, he was very much involved that in the TV score of Rugrats, show. which the music is appropriately silly, you know? <laughs> yeah. He also did the music for, um, you know, Super Mario World, not the Captain Lou Albano version. So he did yep. like the, the, I think maybe just the main theme, but he did contribute to that as well, which I always thought was cool because I remember seeing his name in the credits. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, he also, I want to mention, um, composed the, uh, the Rugrats soundtrack and the sequel series all grown up with his brother and Devo bandmate, Bob Mothersbaugh. Thought that was uh, interesting to note there, but it's nice. Yeah. Um, he actually did not- the soundtrack to Thor Ragnarok. I don't know that I realized that. That's kind of cool. Yep. Yes, he did. Yeah. Uh, I love that his first film credit is actually the, 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 the weakest of the series, Revenge of the Nerds 2, Nerds in Paradise. Yeah. <laughs> Classic series, though. But um, yeah, that um, wouldn't wouldn't fly today for lots of reasons. Lots of, you know, <laughs> not bad reasons, but still. Um, uh, more recently, 2010s did um, Alvin and the Chipmunks, Chipwrecked. <laughs> Uh, the remake. I don't know of, if that was any good. I will tell you, I didn't watch it. <laughs> right. The remake of Twenty One Jump Street. Um, what to expect when you're expecting, which was much better as an adaptation than I, I expected it to be. Uh, worked on Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs too, and the Lego Movie. And yeah, as you mentioned, uh, Thor Ragnarok. Um, he's been involved in the Hotel Transylvania series, and um, looks like most recently uh, did the uh, huh, did the film score to Cocaine Bear. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. well, uh huh. An episode you can go here on the Media Files because Kyle did that before the Media Files actually stopped airing. <laughs> Speaking of Kyle, also um, one of his favorite movies and mine, animated movies, uh, The Mitchells versus The Machines from a couple years ago. Fantastic. Which you mentioned earlier. Yep, absolutely. Yes, yeah, yeah. But yes, um, so, and video game-wise, the biggest name, probably Crash Bandicoot. Uh Uh-huh, 100%. Again, appropriately silly. Uh, But also also Jack and Daxter. Jack and Daxter, just about to say uh, Jack and Daxter games. Um, And uh, The Simpsons game, which we mentioned Danny Elfman a second ago. Uh, Mark Buttersbaugh actually worked on The Simpsons game soundtrack in 2007. Mm-hmm. Um, worked on Ratchet and Clank, Rift Apart. I actually, that was the podcast I heard him on. He was talking about composing Ratchet and Clank. Um, Which we did do a bonus episode on back after it released uh, in 2021. 2021. It may have been, it yeah. may have just been me, but Frank may have been on there as well. I don't remember. Yeah, it was, that was, it was great. Um he did not work on the the movie adaptation, which is interesting. He did not. Yeah, he did not. But, um, but also the other series that he is uh, um, kind of connected to. He's done a few um, few of the the he did the Sims two and then the the my the my Sims spinoff games. Um, and yeah, this this was just a delightful little track. It's very Mark Mothersbaugh. It's it sounds goofy. I could see them playing this like obviously they probably never did, but I could see this starting out one of their concerts with them just standing there like bopping around with their little flower pots on their heads. Like I could see this being played actually by Devo, hundred percent. Yeah, like it definitely. The way that the Sims people move uh, is <laughs> is sometimes reminiscent of the way that Devo maybe moved on maybe stage. the little thing above this the eye of the Sims is meant 
meant to be in, uh, like inspired by Mark Mothersbaugh, you know? That would be cool. <laughs> kind of looks like a flower <laughs> pot, but it's it's not. It's a diamond. So uh, I never I never played much of The Sims. How about you? Not a diamond. What the hell is that shape? That's not a diamond. It's like two diamonds on top of each other. Uh, no, I am not a massive Sims fan. I probably played The Sims 1 more than any of the other Sims. Uh, unfortunately, our resident Sims expert is no longer with us. <laughs> Yeah, I kind of figured. She played I, a lot I was, of Sims music. Yeah, I was I was going to say, um, or uh, have you, or, or games, one of your say. significant others? Um, yeah, I definitely know that. Uh, um, I know several guys on Discord through different podcast uh, discords who whose wives play The Sims or played The Sims. Yes, <laughs> but they were never indeed, into it. indeed. Yeah, it just I don't know. Never really was my jam. Like I used to mess around with it more specifically the first one, but after that, I kind of started losing interest. I do think I actually own one on Epic because I think it was given away at one point, and it I haven't was. even. I think I have it too. Even dipped yeah. into it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, I, I don't know though. Coming back to what you were saying, that that shape over the eye, uh, it looks like those weird S shapes that we would draw in class. <laughs> yeah. I, I. I mean, that's got to be a shape. Um. It, it honestly is just two diamonds. Like if you put the flat ends on top of each other and stacked them together, that's what the shape is. I'm sure mm -hmm. that's a shape. I just don't know what it is off the top of my head. I'm not right. a genius. I don't know. Um. If I could think straight right now, I would just count the sides in my head and come up with the Latin word for that kind of hedron, but it doesn't matter. We're gone, I guess. <laughs> Hedrons are 3D. But, man, speaking of shapes, <laughs> look at that. Speaking of shapes, coming back to um, the next track on the list, Funk Music from Zyconics. And this was such a cool find, man. <laughs> I've never heard of this game. I had never heard this track. And this is from an Amiga game, so I've mentioned on this show many, many times that I am a massive fan of Amiga music. Um, this was so cool to hear for the first time. I had never heard this before. I love this. I don't know if I have just been coming across more Amiga stuff by chance when I look up soundtracks for for the show, or if I'm more aware of it now because I know that you like it so much, but it's been coming up more and more. Um, I almost brought an Amiga track to the, uh, to the Across the Universe episode, but it was one of those rare times where the Amiga music didn't wow me, so... Fair, um, fair. But I was glad I got to bring it for this. Uh, Zyconics is... It's a falling shape game, um, but you actually, like, manipulate the shapes uh, as they're falling in this game, at least in one of the modes. Uh, there are four modes in Zyconics, and there are also four main tracks, like, on the soundtrack for the different modes. And the, the tracks are named things like rock music, jazz music, which I almost brought, and then this one, funk music. And, yeah, I, I love that FM bass, man. It's so Sega, Dude, it's, but the rest of it is so, so much good. cleaner than Sega. It's Genesis, so good. This game actually looks kind of fun. I probably would have played this back in the day, not really, you know, it does. not knowing, not knowing how good video games could get in the future. I probably would have played mm. this and thought it was amazing. Um, but dude, this track, I mean, it, it is really funky and I don't know something about it. I really, really dig this a lot. And from a composer, Henry Jackman, who has like next to no video game credits. Yeah, he's yeah, it's got really a, weird. He's got, a, he's got a couple. That's it. But the weird thing about them is that he's got three from back like when video game music was really kind of starting to get to, well, not necessarily its peak, but but peak 90s sound. Yeah, um, over almost 20 years before he composed his first film, which is crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But yeah, he did in 91, uh, Exile, which has <laughs> got some really silly music in it. It's one of those where every once in a while a voice will actually come in and say, like, the name of the game, Exile. But <laughs> you would have that, okay. that filter. It's one of those. Um, All right. Yeah. 
and and one that's like it's got one word that says a few like different statements like it's chanting or telling a story or something but it just does it on repeat then in 1992 composed this game Psychonics and also the Commodore 64 version of Mick Kids or MC Kids the McDonald's game yeah and Mick Kids and then after that didn't come back until 2007 um, when he did one track on uh, the classic Colin McRae Dirt oh, video what game a, what a fantastic <laughs> game that was <laughs> and going on to something I actually have heard of in 2014 Disney Infinity 2.0 and uh, just a couple years later Uncharted 4 uh, A Thief's End and Uncharted Lost Legacy yep the follow up uh, expansion I guess it was standalone you didn't need the base game to play uh, Uncharted 4 and Lost Legacy fantastic soundtracks he did a great job on those and that's his most well known video game contributions yes and I mean and that's also basically it that's it um, outside of Just Cause yeah, 3 went over. Mm-hmm. yes yeah uh, in, in movies, uh, like you said, didn't start until uh, 2008, uh, and one of his uh, first scores was Monsters vs. Aliens. Um, again, yeah. the, a classic, you know, <laughs> yeah, the standard classic. of uh, modern animated cinema. Um, yeah, uh, also did Kick-Ass, which, um, uh, I don't know, not going to get off on this tangent, but have you, have you seen Kick-Ass? I have, but... Have you read the comic? I have not. Yeah, it's... Uh, um, grittier even even grittier than the movie it was Fair. it's pretty intense but yeah Fair. yeah um yeah he's done some pretty big things though is the x-men first class he's done a lot of big things dude now granted i think everything he's composed on primarily outside of a few have had additional composers as well attached to them. yes um but dude he's he's done a lot of things captain america civil war um kong skull island i'm remembering um big, he's done some disney stuff big hero six and then yep. detective pikachu right this, uh interestingly with a video with you know talk about video games uh wreck it ralph he did he did the score he part did of the that's that right he did he did yeah i remember that yep and i th- i think which one did you just say yeah i don't detective remember pikachu yep. oh yeah detective, detective pikachu. pikachu i was like i don't Once remember again, what i said video games so he's yeah. done some video game movie scores yeah um, Jumanji, the next level, uh, about, you know, a fictional video game. But Was that the game. one with The Rock in it? Yep, The Rock, Jack Black. No, not Jack. Yeah, Jack Black. Kevin yeah, Jack Hart. Black's in it too. Yep. And, um, oh, what's her name? The girl who played Nebula. Um, uh, Karen something. Yes. Yeah, but I can't remember. Yeah, Karen something. Yeah, yeah. Karen. Oh, well. Karen, yes. Karen um, Gillan. So I had to look. Karen Gillan. Thank you. Yeah, uh, Irish actress, I think, and yeah, uh, very cool as Nebula. One of the one of the coolest characters, I think. Underrated. Scottish. Character. Scottish. Oh, don't hate me for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, also did some sound support work on The Da Vinci Code, Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, that is the Simpsons movie. So uh, there are some big names: Ron Howard, Gore Verbinski. He's worked with. Yeah. In, uh, as you know sound support yeah not really so. many tv credits i mean just a couple and we've already mentioned pretty much the the series i mean he did again falcon winter soldier um kung fu panda yeah yeah nothing turbo nothing fast major it looks, he he it looks like he did like the you know the television versions of some of the or spinoffs of some of the some of the movies he's he did, yeah monsters was, aliens yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. which is nice when when that gets to happen you get the actual composer who you know makes it more consistent but yeah so, uh, absolutely yeah so those were my first three composers a couple of big names and now uh 
uh, we're getting into I mean another one that I almost picked from this track and did you uh, you almost picked from this uh, game you mean yeah from this game or maybe Injustice one um, I but I think I liked uh, what I heard in Injustice two better but it just didn't okay didn't quite make it and uh, I also almost went for the, com- the next composer for your second track so I'm excited did you happen to listen to that track that I picked for my second composer I have not listened to that good 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 <laughs> but before we get to that that's in the middle of my block let's go ahead and dude I'm very excited for this track I love this track I also love this composer as well uh, we are going to start this block off by taking a listen to Battle in the Sky from Injustice 2 this release on May 11th 2017 and it was composed by Christopher Drake
Up next, let's take a listen to Alone in the Dark, the credits theme from Alone in the Dark, the New Nightmare, released June 29th, 2001, composed and performed by Stuart Copeland. Closing out this block, let's take a listen to Advanced Soldier Overture from Call of Duty Advanced Warfare. Released November 4th, 2014, composed by Harry Gregson Williams. (laughs) 
coming back in, we are first talking about Battle in the Sky from Injustice 2, again released May 11th, 2017, and composed by Christopher Drake. So before I talk about Christopher Drake, I'll talk about my love for Injustice in general as a game. And that primarily is because it's developed by NetherRealm Studios, the studio that was created by Ed Boon of Mortal Kombat fame. Um, you know, Mortal Kombat is my my favorite fighting game franchise of all time. So I, of course, love Injustice as well because it's basically Mortal Kombat without a lot of the violence that Mortal Kombat has. But I love the violence, but I also just love the gameplay. So I always gravitated toward Injustice as well. I actually was shocked that they went ahead and did Mortal Kombat 1 coming out this year instead of Injustice 3. A lot of people thought they would go Injustice 3 first before they did another Mortal Kombat game. Um, yeah, I remember you talking about that. Yeah, yeah, it's it was a rumor for quite some time, and still is. Like the the game's got to be in development; it's coming at some point. Um, yeah, but definitely, Christopher Drake, man, he is he is a fantastic, fantastic composer, in my opinion. Um, the I way don't he's able know a lot to, about him. so he, I mean, just the way he's able to capture the feel of. You mentioned how this sounded like John Williams, right? Uh, mm. without realizing the Superman connection um, <laughs> yes. because this track is a Superman track in Injustice 2. But he is able to capture the feel of, of what other big composers have done for major franchises. But one of the things that I really fell in love with Christopher Drake about is he's made a name for himself now pretty much being the DC animated movie composer. So he started out in 1987 doing the music for a short fantasy horror comedy film directed by Guillermo del Toro called Geometria, Geometria, something like that. Uh, Geometria, yeah, yeah, Um, okay. But that was in 87. We didn't hear from him or see him again until 2003 when he came (laughs) back and did a movie called Passing Through. And then, of course, we get into, in 2006, a lot of things that people will realize or recognize because they are the animated superhero movies such as Hellboy, Sword of Storms, and Hellboy, Blood and Iron. Then moving into doing 2008's Batman Got. Uh, Batman Gotham Knight, 2009's Wonder Woman, um, 2010's Batman Under the Red Hood, 2011's Green Lantern Emerald Knights, Mm -hmm. also 2011 was Batman Year One, Justice League Doom in 2012, uh, The Dark Knight Returns in 2012 and 2013, and most recently, (laughs) yeah, and on and on, he's done more, but most recently in 2021 was his most recent work, so it's been about two years since we've seen him, um, because he hasn't released a game in that time either that he's done music for was an Amazon Studios horror film called The Manor. That's his most recent film that he composed. Um, In terms of video games, he has... um, An initial gap. Yeah, it's a massive gap. Don't give up on your dreams, kids. (laughs) Yeah, massive gap. Um... In terms of video games, he has five credits. That's it. Like five video game credits. So he did Hellboy, The Science of Evil, Injustice Gods Among Us, Batman Arkham Origins Blackgate, which was a side-scrolling Batman Arkham game that I never played. Um, Interesting. And then he did Arkham Origins in 2013, the middle game in the Batman trilogy. And then, of course, 2017's Injustice 2. That's it. So he's only worked... Outside of 2008 with Konami, he's only worked with Warner Bros. owned properties, basically. Yeah, man, that is... That's crazy. So he really is just kind of in the in that that Warner Warner Brothers world, that DC world. Yeah, primarily so. 
And I feel like he does a great job with it, man. It has his music, like that Battle of the Sky we listened to, it has a very superhero-sounding feel to it. Yeah. I think he does a great job. I, I love it. And especially a, a dark and um, like brooding almost sound, which is definitely appropriate for the Injustice series. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like this track goes through a couple different motions. Um, it slows down there after like the, the two and a half minute mark where it goes into like a really, really somber, melancholy portion. Um, there's almost a hint. I think it's strings, but it almost sounds like a hint of a choir in the background. It's so cool, man. It's such a dope track. I I freaking love the soundtrack. I think it's great from top to bottom. That's really cool. Uh, yeah, I I know we've had this discussion before because I think I, I brought something from from the series. But have you read the Injustice comics? No, I don't read comics. Have you have you watched uh, the Injustice DC movie? No. Okay, man, it's uh, it's cool. It's a cool story. Um, it's a it's an alt- alternative universe. I mean, you've, if you played the game, you know uh, where Superman, the Joker, kills Lois Lane, and Superman basically goes all totalitarian, you know, authoritarian ruler. And, I'm uh, not a big com- I'm not a big comic book guy. Like I I think I've owned maybe one or two in my life. Like I don't own comics, wow. and I'm not a big superhero fan. <laughs> like uh, I know a lot about them just because friends are you know interested, and I tend to watch the movies at least once. But I will say I haven't seen a superhero movie outside of Guardians of the Galaxy in probably six or seven years. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Okay. Well, um, I think uh, uh, have you so you did say you enjoyed the Injustice games because uh, I love gameplay. them. Yeah. yeah. Gameplay. Another realm. I'm a massive fan of Ed Boon, so I always will play the games, but I have no attachment to any of the characters. Okay, but yeah, so that's the that's the story. And um, for anybody who's only seen <laughs> We're the sticking DC to it, animated I guess. film, um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so yeah, Injustice. That's the story of the of the Injustice series. And um, the um, the game is more um, the game is more. I can't think of the word. Um, it's more true to the the source material in the comic than the movie is. Um, but yeah, the comics are great. Comics are great. Highly fair. recommended. Very fair. Then we move into my middle track of that block. We took a listen to Alone in the Dark, which is the credits theme from Alone in the Dark, The New Nightmare, again released on June 29th, 2001. And this was composed by another guy that made his name before we really started seeing him in films and TV and video games, made his name in the music industry, Stuart Copeland. Most famously known as probably the drummer of the, the police. The drummer of the police. Okay. I wasn't sure for a second if it was drummer, and I was going to say my dad would be ashamed of me. But yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, Bill, if you're listening, I'm sure you're not listening. I mean, he isn't. Uh, he is already ashamed of me for sure. So, but anyway, um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, he he is a drummer. He is a great drummer. I will say, Stuart Copeland is a fantastic drummer. Um, again, though, we get into new wave kind of. <laughs> Like he's he's also a new wave artist. So there's a lot of things about him that I don't. Would you consider the police new wave? Because looking back, I do now. Yes, uh, they're definitely a lot. I think a lot slower in that than than Devo. But yeah, um, but yeah, I know that. Uh, I mean, again, my my entry into the police was the track uh, King of Suede by Weird Al, which was a parody of the police's uh King of Pain. That was the police, right? <laughs> or was that Sting? Anyway. Um, I mean, either I way, it's the freaking police. Right. Yeah, for Still, sure. It's Sting is the police, let's be honest. Right. Yeah, of course. And so, but yeah. Unless that, we're talking so, about Steve Borden, the better Sting. 
Yes, 100%. Man, I'm so glad you made that connection because I thought of him. Oh, man, I thought of him as well. But yeah. Uh, <laughs> but St- Stuart Copeland, uh, I think of Spyro when I think of Stuart Copeland. That's probably his most well-known video game franchise that he worked on. Um, you know, he did the original Spyro trilogy, basically. Spyro the Dragon, yep. Ripto's Rage, and then Year of the Dragon with Ryan Beveridge. But then started out video games Such in 1994. Such a refreshing last name. Yeah, Beveridge. I know. Uh, four years before Spyro, he did uh, get a special thanks in the game Urban Strike. I don't know what that special thanks. I is remember for. seeing I that too. That's interesting. Yeah, I don't know that he actually composed anything for it, but he had like a credit in there for some reason. But then after Spyro, he did this game, Alone in the Dark, The New Nightmare, then did the next game in the Spyro trilogy, uh, franchise, Under the Dragonfly, um, had a credit on Guitar Hero World Tour because, of course, and then did the Reignited Trilogy, or at least the original new music for the Reignited Trilogy, as well as the main theme, and I think also helped remaster some of the older tracks for that soundtrack, too. Okay, okay. Um, but Alone in the Dark, The New Nightmare, I've never played. I've never played this game. It's technically the fourth game in the Alone in the Dark franchise. Um, I have played one or two of the Alone in the Dark games, but I don't remember which one. I think one of them was on the Xbox 360, um, and probably the most common one that most people have played in the Alone in the Dark franchise. But never played this one, but when I was looking up Stuart Copeland stuff, I was like, dude, I want to do something that most people have probably never heard, right? Because a lot of people know Spyro soundtracks and Spyro music. But I feel like this is a hidden gem in his discography, because I love the vocals here, man. It's cheesy as hell, but I freaking love it. (laughs) It really is. Uh, when we were listening to it, I mentioned that it reminded me of um, the Fallen Brothers' work on on the video game Multiverse Prime for the Sega CD. Yeah. Uh, yep. Again, that just a cheesy, really, really earnest, like singing their hearts out vocals, like "Alone in the Dark." <laughs> so, <laughs> it's so good. And it's I, so I, good. Was the rest of the soundtrack was the? Did it, do you remember much of it? Like, did it catch your ear? Uh, the rest of the soundtrack didn't stand out to me too much. I didn't listen to all of it because most of the rest of the Alone in the Dark, the New Nightmare soundtrack was composed by Theory Dassault and not Stuart Copeland. I think he only had a couple contributions to the soundtrack. I think that fact that it didn't stand out is maybe why I never got to this track. I do remember. I definitely listened to some of it because I recognized the, the YouTube art, but I I don't remember this track. And yeah, yeah this was, this track is so much fun it really um, is it, it's like you mentioned it's got that very 80s feel i think his vocals stand out in this track i think they're really really strong i don't know why i just like them um since we're mentioning for all the composers today in terms of film scores wait a second uh, so wait was that him on vocals yeah wow that's awesome <laughs> i didn't even catch that that's so great yeah he's he's singing this track yeah absolutely um but uh, in terms of films, I don't think he's really had a major film release. Like, he's done a lot of work in the industry, but nothing that I would say is a major release. Um, his first one was in 1983 called Rumblefish. Now, again, maybe some of these were bigger back in the 80s and early 90s that I just don't know about. Mm-hmm. Um, Out of Bounds from 1986. Oliver Stone's Wall Street and Talk Radio in 87 and 88. I know Oliver Stone was a pretty big uh, composer, or not composer, director back in the day. So maybe those are well-known movies. I don't know. I was one in like zero and one years old. So 
<laughs> but um, like going through his list, he did uh, the soundtrack for Men at Work for Emilio Estevez, which was fantastic. That was they were uh, it was uh, Charlie Steen as well, right? They were trash yeah. men. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Yep, hundred percent. That, that, that was a fantastic movie. But nothing on this list stands out to me that I even recognize just by looking at the name outside of Men at Work. Um, so his most recent contribution in the industry was Under the Volcano, 2021. It looks like it was a documentary. An actual film before that was 2015's We Are Your Friends. Um, TV series? He did do the entire music for The Amanda Show on Nickelodeon. Um, okay, interesting. <laughs> he did the pilot episode for Babylon 5. He did the theme music for Star Wars Droids in 1985. I mean, he's got other credits. I'm just picking out things people might know. Um, and then Dead Like Me. I think some people might be familiar with that TV series from 2003 to 2004. He did the music for that. But again, nothing that I would say is super big. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, l- lest we not forget the movie Good Burger, uh, classic movie. Good Home Burger, of the Good Burger. Is apparently also going to be getting a sequel soon. <laughs> Can I take your order? Absolutely it is. Yes. I think sometime next year. I'm a dude. He's a dude. He's a <laughs> dude. So stupid. We're all it's dudes. so stupid, dude. It's so stupid. <laughs> yeah, man. So freaking stupid. Kill but, Mitchell uh, beat early. <laughs> But yeah, I don't know, man. I, something about this track, I thought it was a lot of fun, and I'm glad that this was... Mm, I do have another vocal track later on. Um, so I guess I'll, maybe like three of my tracks don't even have the feel that I initially set out for this episode to have, and this was one of them. But my next track and the last track that we played in that block definitely has the feel that I was going for for this particular episode. We move in and talk about Advanced Soldier Overture from Call of Duty Advanced Warfare, again released on November 4th, 2014, and composed by Harry Gregson Williams. And I was Harry torn, Harry Gregson Williams. I was torn because I knew I wanted to bring something from Harry Gregson Williams. I think he is a phenomenal composer. And I assumed that I would bring something from Metal Gear. I'm not going to lie. I assumed I would bring something from Metal Gear, whether it was Sons of Liberty, Snake Eater, uh, Guns of the Patriot, Ground Zeroes, I assu- Phantom Pain. I assumed I would bring something from Metal Gear. But we've played a lot of Metal Gear music. I didn't look through a lot of this. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I assumed, though, that uh, just knowing your proclivities, that yeah, you would be bringing that's something a big from word. Metal Gear. Um, I assume I'm that a big guy as well. <laughs> well. I'm not really. I'm just fat. I'm shorter than you and Jeff. <laughs> did you know that he did the music for um, the Shrek 4D three like 4D ride that's in a lot of theme parks around the world? I, I didn't did know that. Not. Yeah, no. that's crazy. I did not know that either. Uh, but it makes <laughs> sense because in terms of films, he did do the soundtrack for Shrek. Like yeah. he was the Shrek composer. So that makes sense. Um, but I decided to go with. So he's done two Call of Duty games. And for each game, he's only done the main theme for each game. So he did the main theme for Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare. The rest of the soundtrack was done by Stephen Barton. And then he did the main theme for Advanced Warfare. And I think he also may have done like like this, right? The Advanced Soldier Warfare, which is a main theme, not necessarily the title theme, but a main theme in in the soundtrack, because the rest of the soundtrack was done by Audio Machine. Uh, Paul Dinleader or Dinleader and Kevin Rick's audio machine. Okay. Um, but something about this track, dude, when I listen to it, because again, I only listen to what he composed from the soundtracks. And again, we haven't picked a lot of music from the Call of Duty franchise, so that's why I landed on this this particular game. I don't think we've played anything from this game yet. And I don't think this game is great. I don't think any of the Call of Duty 
Duty games are great, <laughs> but yeah. I play through them for the story, the campaign. I think the campaigns are fun gameplay, but outside of being like a game, I'm not a big first person shooter guy. So I don't know. I never stick with them. But um, dude, this track is very, very epic. I love it so much. It is. And, and it's very cinematic. Um, you know, Yes, it's, 100%. C- cinematic songs have a specific sound to them. Uh, things like this or things like the, you know, the Fable track that I played. Um, it, you know, it, it sounds like something by, you know, Howard Shore or John Williams, you know, uh, from movies like The Chronicles of Narnia and stuff like that, uh, which Absolutely. was composed by either of them. But yeah, uh, this is this is that sound. This is the sound of an epic film score. Yeah. Absolutely. And I mean, Harry Gregson Williams does have a lot of blockbuster films behind his name. Uh, We already mentioned Shrek. He did do the music for 1996, The Rock, Michael Bay's film. Um, Oh, man. Oh, man. Yeah, that's a fantastic soundtrack. he, he, He did that with... Two other people. I mean, he did that with Hans Zimmer and Nick Glennie uh, Smith. So okay, I mean, okay. There were other there were other composers on the soundtrack, but he did work on that as well. But um, it's my favorite Michael did, Bay. Movie. Is it really? Okay. Yeah, I'm okay. Fair. Not I, don't, a huge... I don't know that I. I was gonna say I'm not a big Michael Bay fan, so I don't know what yeah. I would consider my favorite Michael Bay movie. I don't hate him like a lot of people do, but uh, you know his movies are. You know you're you gonna get unplug. some explosions. Yep. You, gotta, you, you, you know gotta, you're gonna get some explosions. You gotta unplug, but, uh, but yeah, this one was this one was fun, but. Yeah. But in terms of like other major films that he's done, he did do in 2000's The Tigger Movie, which is <laughs> not a bad movie. It's not. Um, no, it's not a bad movie. But we talked Shrek. He did do uh, The Rundown in 2003, which I remember for some reason. I don't know why I remember. That. I think it's because I watched it because Sean William Scott was in it. Um, oh, it's because it's a WWE film. That's why I know it because it had this was one of the first movies The Rock was in okay speaking of the rock dwayne johnson um he also did the music for a movie that i really enjoy 2005's kingdom of heaven starring orlando bloom um which hans zimmer actually started out as the composer ridley scott directed that hans zimmer started out as the composer for that movie but harry gregson williams actually replaced him for some reason um what was that film franchise you mentioned bedroth uh i don't remember well you said the chronicles of narnia Oh yeah, so look he at did two thousand five he did two thousand five's <laughs> The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe. Oh man. Okay. That, that is also something. Pr- also Prince Caspian. Okay. Uh, and then we also get um the, the classic Cowboys and Aliens. Oh uh, yeah. Prometheus. Another, which another I comic book adaptation. Love, love the soundtrack to Prometheus. Again, a Ridley Scott film. Ridley Scott, yeah, love I was gonna that, say. Huh. Yeah. Love that soundtrack. Um a lot of other big things, not going to name them all. He's done so many movies. His most recent is going to be released on December 15th of this year called Chicken Run, Dawn of the Nugget. Oh, for real? <laughs> yeah, Chicken Run, Dawn of the Nugget. It is It is a Netflix film, apparently. I had heard that that movie was coming, I and man, I, I did not expect this to be <laughs> composed by someone of his caliber. <laughs> I'm gonna have to check it out just for the, just for the music. Yep. In terms of TV, not that many high-profile uh, like credits to his name for TV credits. I'm not even gonna mention them all. Shrek the Halls. There you go. There we go. Yeah, that's got to be the biggest. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe maybe the Gilded Age with he com- which he composed with Rupert Gregson Williams. Oh, cool. Which might be his brother. I would assume so. Okay. Yeah. I can't confirm that because Rupert's web Wikipedia does not mention that at all 
apparently, which is really weird. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Wow. Okay. Yeah, man. That was that was definitely really good. And I, I think that my next couple of tracks are going to be in that same that same film score vein. Um, yeah, I'm excited to get to your next block here. Yeah, and it's it's, it's fit, fittingly they're also both uh, epic tracks, but we'll we'll get to that. Um, <laughs> first, uh, a track that I you know we didn't talk about this at the beginning. Uh, I actually had something by Hans Zimmer. No, down. I had something by Hans Zimmer. You technically claimed him and I didn't realize it. That's right. You have something you had something by <laughs> thank you. By Hans Zimmer. And I also uh did at first, but then something just fell in my room. Anyway. Something did fell. I hear I heard it. <laughs> I actually did at first, but then I uh you know decided to move it out to give you the the, the Hans Zimmer spot because I wasn't super attached to that one. Speaking of Spyro, it was the main theme from uh, Skylander Spyro's Adventure. But, Which, uh, crazy enough, wasn't uh, Stuart Copeland. <laughs> nope, yeah, Hans Zimmer, look at that. <laughs> look at that. Um, but, but, yeah, I got to come back to one that I really was, I, I was excited enough about it that I actually had it down slated for a future radio hour. But instead, I get to present it to you now. A uh, game with a delightful name um, and a track with a delightful name. I've had the crime of my life from the Mighty Quest for Epic Loot, released February 5th, 2015, composed by Jamie Christofferson.
Next up, we're going to listen to Oswald's theme from Epic Mickey, released November 30th, 2010, and composed by James Dooley. And finally, closing out my second block, we're going to listen to The Doll That Bled from Splatterhouse, released November 23rd, 2010, and composed by Howard Drossen.
coming back in. We're talking about the mighty quest for epic loot, man. I, I, I've, I had the crime of my life listening to this track. That makes it sound like it was bad. <laughs> That's not what I mean. Uh, but yeah, uh, I've had the crime of my life. From the Mighty Quest for Epic Loot, released February 5th, 2015, and composed by Jamie Christofferson. Yeah. Yeah. A name that I knew, I don't recall specifically where from, but uh, has done quite a few video games. Um, lot of, a lot of licensed video games. You probably heard from from the uh, the movie Dirty Dancing, right? I did. Oh, I and also, uh, <laughs> that's, that's funny. That was yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, since his first uh, video game work no was in two thousand three, that was that was around the same time as uh, Dirty Dancing came out. <laughs> yeah, yes, fantastic I song, steal. fantastic game. It's um, the truth. But uh, yeah, I, I think I actually know him from the Metal Gear Rising Revengeance soundtrack because that's my most familiar work of his. Yes, yeah, 100%. I I really got into that track back on Very Good Music when I first heard the only thing I know for real, and uh, yeah, so that's that soundtrack's a lot of fun. He has potentially, I mean, ah, well, maybe I don't know, but so far one of the more longer lists of video game credits that we've seen yet for the composers on the episode today. Yeah, yeah, one of the longer ones, and um, also one of the ones that's it's almost as long as his his film and uh, video film and television credits. But also, you know, looking at some of the movies on this list, I don't know that I would call him a master of Hollywood, but he definitely has done a lot of stuff. Um, he did compose for such classic films as uh, Boa versus Python. That's got to be a great one. Um, the Crow, Wicked Prayer. Um, Probably not nearly as good as the uh, Wes Craven crows. <laughs> uh, he did compose for the movie Bigfoot in 2009, which wasn't great, but was a fun little animated movie. Um, pretty good. But yeah, nothing nothing big. Yeah, I'm looking at the list now myself. There's, I mean, yeah, he does compose for Hollywood, and I mean, he qualifies for the episode. He has more video, uh, more Hollywood credits than video game credits. Not by much, but he does. But but nothing nothing big nothing big that sticks out to me. He's probably more well known actually, maybe f from Metal Gear Revengeance and maybe even dipping into like uh, some of the stuff he did for um, he did Lost Planet right? Yeah, Lost Planet two. There it is. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. yeah, he did a few different sequels. Um, he did uh, uh, Mortal Kombat Armageddon. Did the opening music. Um, he did oh, Fortnite. That's his biggest release. I'm an idiot. Look, he has credits on Fortnite. Uh, uh, yeah, his biggest release, but I, I don't really think people specifically um, think of him with Fortnite. He's a no, but I mean, he has credits in the in the game, and that's definitely the biggest thing on this list by far. Yeah, uh, Metal Gear Rising for for what it was was pretty big. Was that a was that a platinum game? Yeah, that that was a platinum games game. Yep. Um, uh, Spider Man Web of Shadows. Uh, you know, I think that that's a that's a cult classic. Um, that was the one with the four different Spider-Man like timelines, right? And they like crossover. Do you remember? Uh, Web of Shadows. Yes. No, that was never Shattered Dimensions. It. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah. I never played Web of Shadows, so I don't okay. know. I also never okay. played Shattered Dimensions either. I don't think. But yeah, Shattered Dimensions, though, that was a pretty good one. Kind of a precursor to Spider Verse, actually. Um, but okay, uh, it was pretty cool. But yeah, he did Lost Planet Two. He did the remake of Bionic Commando, Command and Conquer Three, Kane's Wrath. Um, and, uh, yeah, so it's a few different sequels. 
Also did the Battle for Middle Earth games, Lord of the Rings Battle for Middle Earth games. Nice. Oh, I, I remember those actually. Yeah, Xbox 360. Yeah, I remember those. But yeah, so, uh, but this track was fun. This was a kind of a cartoony take on that Chronicles of Narnia, uh, again, um, sort of yep. epic fantasy formula. But Absolutely. Yeah, for- and I remember this game, Ubisoft tried to make a big deal about the mighty quest for epic loot. I don't know if it actually did well. I never played it. Uh, it eventually got ported to mobile devices like four years after it released on PC. It was free to play. I mean, you download and play it. But uh, I think the service may have shut down by now because I don't think it was that good. I, I honestly don't. Just from what I remember. Again, I've never played it, but I remember it not being received amazingly. But I could be totally wrong. Yep. Yeah, I, I don't remember anything about this. It looks like the kind of game that I would play, but yeah, I it's don't ta- remember. It's like a much. castle defense or tower defense game, and I don't like those kind of games at all. Yeah, it's, it's weird. I mean, the Mighty Quest for Epic Loot isn't even on his Wikipedia page list. So uh, even among those games, this was not a, a huge... <laughs> it didn't Doesn't make a have big a splash. Wikipedia entry. Doesn't have a Wikipedia entry. No, it does. Um, and what's weird is on the Wikipedia page for the game, he is listed as the composer. But yeah, yeah it's is, not it's big not enough on, to even be listed on, on his. his personal Wikipedia. <laughs> they didn't care. They yeah. didn't care. Yeah, but like you said, I'm not a huge fan of those tower defense games either. Uh, in fact, I, I actively yeah, don't I think like it was them. more castle <laughs> defense than tower defense, or maybe castle assault. Well, yeah, but those kinds of things where you're like having yeah, like fighting off a thing. constant horde that keeps coming into your, and you have to like set things up and uh, multitask, and yeah, that's 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 not my thing. But it's, yeah, um, so fun soundtrack. Uh, was glad I got to bring this one because I like it a lot. Yeah. But then moving on to a really fun track. Um, oh man, I really enjoyed this, and I love this soundtrack in general. In the in the sequel to this game, I love these soundtracks. But this is so cool for sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, bingo players out there, get ready, uh, because I have to say this track goes a lot of places. <laughs> and um, <laughs> What track are uh, we talking about? We didn't intro it. We did not. So we're talking about Oswald's theme from the Epic Mickey soundtrack. And for people who have played Epic Mickey, which which is, is a good game, I, I really enjoyed it. And uh, I went back and played it a few years later even, and it, it uh, quite a few years later, and it still held up. But um, in this game, uh, Mickey is, like, basically fighting through his history um, to, like, uh, recover this magic paintbrush and, and stuff like that. And in this game, you come across a character who actually is kind of a, like, a rejected character in the Disney history, Oswald the Rabbit. Um, and he's kind of like Mickey's brother. It came out uh, a little before Mickey, actually, but didn't get the same kind of traction. And Walt Disney basically abandoned him. So, uh, but he pops up in <laughs> in this game, and um, interesting character, kind of a sad history. He because he he starts out as like a like a mischievous sort of rival, like he's definitely an enemy, and then things change a little bit, and. Um, so much so that in the second game, Mickey and Oswald are actually allies, and uh, Oswald is the second player. But I thought this track, you know, it has that mix of like danger, but like goofy danger, and then the the goofy. the more okay. upbeat. I see part. what you did. <laughs> goofy, yeah. Um, I, we mentioned at one point talking about this that uh, it has a little bit of an Elfman quality to it. Uh-huh. Like it, I think it would fit in well with. Uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. You said Jack's Lament was... Um, yeah, it reminds me a lot of Jack's Lament. Yeah, yeah it, it really does. It has some of those same... Like where Elfman will pause, like give the song a little bit of space and then move on to the next thing. It's got a lot of that in it. The the bells mm-hmm. or... Yes. I think, it, I think those are bells. Those are also very Elfman-like. Yes, yeah, those are definitely bells. And um, yeah, but also, especially in the more upbeat parts, sounds like a classic Disney song, like classic black and white Disney cartoon 
song. And oh, yeah. It's Absolutely really impressive. It Absolutely, it does. The range that he shows in this track, yeah. Yeah, it's really, really cool. Um, this game is fun, too. I have played the first game, but I did not play the sequel. Um, I listened to the soundtrack to the sequel, but I didn't play it. Um, I think the second one was even even better. Oh, uh, it probably was. I'm not, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know why I didn't play it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, too many games, but yeah. Um, but for sure, yeah. I think James Dooley, for me, sticks out most from the SOCOM franchise. Um, yeah, which were some of video his game early wise. works in video games. Yeah, I think those were his some of his early works. Um, but he also did do the soundtrack to 2013's Knack. So there you go. Yep. Also worked on uh, Jack and Daxter: The Lost Frontier. Um, oh, and here we go. Here's Spider-Man: Shattered Dimensions, <laughs> which I yep. Which I almost brought something from, actually. Um, and, you know, a couple of other uh, kind of movie to game games also worked on the Simpsons game. Uh, the B-movie game, Monsters vs. Aliens, the game. And uh, there's another one I saw just now. Oh, well, um, but yeah. Probably Nerf and Strike. Yeah, Nerf and Strike. <laughs> um, did a little work on Disney Infinity as well, so it's some crossover with people that we've seen today. But looking at his film scores, uh, oh, and I, I glossed over this, but TV, TV, he did one episode of Space Ghost Coast to Coast, so I have to mention that. Yeah. Um. What a great show. <laughs> but for TV, no major. Um, yeah, nothing outside major. of maybe push, pushing daisies, maybe. I know that was kind of popular Again, in the yeah, late 2000s. Cult classic. Yeah, um, but um, nothing major. But film, though, um, 2000's Gladiator, uh, one of his first. Yes, love it. Another Ridley Scott film. Love that movie. Yes. Absolutely. I think I just really like Ridley Scott. I'm a big Ridley Scott fan. <laughs> uh, Pearl Harbor. Or should again. I say, Sir Ridley okay. Scott? Yes, Sir Ridley Scott's. Yeah, talk, we've talked about him a few times tonight for sure. Uh, another Michael Bay film, Pearl Harbor, uh, with uh, Ben Affleck. Um, you know, Michael Bay doing a doing a serious war film that still definitely has to have a lot of explosions because I mean it's Pearl of Harbor. Of course, um, it's Michael Bay. Yep, Black Hawk Down, uh, which I just remember Ridley because Scott. my wife <laughs> hated that movie so much that she got up and walked out. <laughs> oh wow! Just okay, because okay. It, it totally wasn't her kind of movie. She only went to see it because it had Orlando Bloom in it. And she had no Fair. idea what he it was is about. A, he is very attractive. He's a very attractive man. So I, he is. you know, I definitely can't is. Her. <laughs> definitely is. Um, and then, yeah, uh, Spirit, Stallion of the Cimarron. Uh, you know, films I remember seeing when I was dating and first married to my wife. Uh, the Ring. Spirit, Stallion of Cimarron. Sounds familiar. I'm looking at it now. Um, I'm probably, I've probably seen this, but I can't, I don't remember a damn mm-hmm. thing about it. But yeah, The Ring. They're definitely a classic movie. Absolutely. Big inspiration yep. for modern horror films. Uh, hard to believe it was over 20 years ago that that came. That's crazy. Yep. Uh, a few yep, other things that years ago. I have seen. Uh, Matchstick Men, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl. Amazing soundtrack. Sure is. Um, uh, yeah, Madagascar, Penguins and a Christmas Caper. Ah, <laughs> uh, you skipped over King Arthur. I'm so disappointed in you. Oh, was that was that the King Arthur with, uh, it was more like they were almost like Robin Hood type figures? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I freaking love that movie for some reason. Yep. Who played Arthur? It's somebody who I should know. Clive Owen. Okay, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But I did, I did skip over that. Well, he's done so much, I can't, I can't, I can't read everything, but yeah, King Arthur. Um, Madagascar, uh, did the actual, the film, Madagascar, uh, Mm -hmm. and The Da Vinci Code, um, Daddy Day Camp, again, classic, worked on The Simpsons movie. A lot of crossover here, again. Uh, more pirates, more Madagascar, uh, The Little Mermaid, Ariel's beginning, you know, (laughs) Mm -hmm. the, the beloved prequel, 
third movie in the series. And <laughs> yeah, um, after that, the most recent Barbie movie before Barbie took over this year, uh, Barbie in the Pink Shoes. Yep. No, no, wait, sorry, Barbie the Pearl Princess in 2014. I didn't realize there was there two Barbie Barbie the Pearl Princess. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, that's and then okay, I have to look at what this is. Fifty Shades of Black, a 2016 a American like a slapstick, slapstick romantic comedy. comedy. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, it's a Wayne's Brothers movie. Okay, so it's like a modern black exploitation. Like it's, yeah, it's um, yeah. Uh, a parody as a it's an African American take on Fifty Shades of Grey, and it was composed <laughs> by uh, by James Dooley. So yeah, <laughs> it was indeed. It was indeed. That's uh, amazing. Okay, uh, I'm not going to top that. So I'm going to move on to a composer who you said you knew. You're going to top that track though. <laughs> oh man, this is yeah. this might be my favorite thing you brought today to the show. I actually, dude, I. I I like this a lot. I don't know if I would say it tops that track, but it is a complete 180, man. It's um, it, it's so so hard rock and so in your face. Talking about uh, the doll that bled from the Great remake name. of Splatterhouse, 2010 remake. Yep. And yeah. Um, and this soundtrack is interesting. I don't remember all the specific details about it, but it has two different soundtracks um, or like two different discs, I guess, of the soundtrack. I'm not sure which it was, but uh, one of them is metal, uh, and that is the one that this track comes from. Okay, I think I think there's two different soundtracks because Splatterhouse also features a lot of licensed music, kind of like Metal Hellsinger. Okay. So there is music from bands like Five Finger Death Punch, um, Lamb of God, Mastodon, a bunch of other metal, Goat Whore, a bunch of other metal <laughs> bands I don't know of. Dude, some of the metal band names are ridiculous. Um, <laughs> yeah. Dude, you don't know about Goat Whore? Let me tell you about Goat Whore. They're an American extreme metal band formed in 1997. <laughs> no, I, I'm sure I have heard that before. Um, and of course, you know, I, I wasn't super into metal at this point. I kind of got out of metal after, you know, the Black Album, which is sad for any metalheads that I know. But uh, that's yeah, I just never did. But I'm pretty sure I've heard of Death of, of Goat Whore. You know, it's it is funny because I almost said Death Whore, but really, you can do that with like I mean, just a certain I mean, set Death of Horror, words. I'm sure that's a I'm sure that's a metal band. <laughs> it just takes a certain set of if words not, and then rearrange them it. and put them together like a like a puzzle, and you can get a heavy metal band name. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> oh, oh, but dude, yeah, this um, is so good. This is so good. Uh, very. And I told you, I listened to it, dude. If you told me this was Mick Gordon, I would say, yeah, you're probably right. Yep. Yep. Definitely has some of that early Mick Gordon influence. It did predate uh, Doom, which it sounds a whole lot like. But um, but yeah, did um, definitely uh, Mick Gordon had been active for a few years when this came out. But this is this is so good, dude, and and not the first thing I think of when I think of Howard Drossen. Uh, I I am a fan of his, uh, but it's through a lot of his classic, you know, more classic games: uh, Sonic Spinball, yeah. Comic Zone, Die Hard Arcade, which is one of the few arcade games I can remember enjoying the soundtrack to. Um, nice, of course, of course, the ooze. 
The ooze, yes. Can't forget the ooze. Nobody cares. Nobody cares about the ooze. <laughs> and, uh, but next, uh, moving into my my college years and a game that I spent so many hours playing. One of the, I think, the, I know what you're going to say. The PC game that I have spent the most yep. hours. You're going to say Baldur's Gate Two, aren't Baldur's you? Baldur's Gate Two: Shadows of Ah, man, fantastic yep. game. <laughs> I knew that's what you were going to say. With a great <laughs> and really big soundtrack. Yeah, and absolutely. Definitely, absolutely could have gone if I wanted to go more even more cinematic cinematic I could have gone with uh, the Baldur's Gate 2 soundtrack co-composed with Michael Honig who also himself is a film composer yep yep uh, did also the expansion um, Baldur's Gate 2 the throne of ball uh, a year later um, but yeah um, then came back to Sega for Sonic and the Black Knight and um, worked also on the 2013 enhanced edition of Baldur's Gate 2 he did and the unreleased Sonic Extreme for the Sega Saturn. Yeah, I noticed that. Um, I that's really that was interesting. It made me really wonder what it what it would have. I think been he like. was the only. Yeah, he is. He was the only composer that was attached to that game. So that would have been cool to see. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I think the classic track that people associate Drossen with is uh, "Toxic Caves" from Sonic Spinball. Toxic Caves, baby. A stone oh, cold so classic. So good. It's so good. So good. It's so good. I like to joke with people that, that Toxic Caves is why he got the special thanks in Sonic the Hedgehog 3 because it was just so good that then it went on to inspire the <laughs> sound. Just, thanks, yeah. thanks for doing that the year prior. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, man. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, and I think a fun game. Uh, you definitely have to spend some time with it, and it's it's polarizing, I think. But I like Sonic Spinball. Um, Any big films for you from Howard Drossen? Not really. I was looking back at it. Uh, I mean, obviously, Backstreet Boys, everybody. Uh, <laughs> um, there you go. But no, I was looking back. Um, did also a few films that you know I put in the same category as uh, Fifty Shades of Black from the last, the last track, uh, uh, Barbershop, uh, She Hate Me, mm-hmm. um, some of those. Uh, also, their eyes were watching God, um, Blade Trinity. Uh, you know, some Blade Trinity, of course, also a, a classic. But um, uh, yeah, not not much. How about you? Uh, any of these things stick out to you? No, they don't actually. Um, I'm familiar with some of them, but I wouldn't say that any of them are things that I particularly enjoy. Um, just going through the list again, real quick, to make sure that that is the case. Yeah, none of these really like the sweet blood of Jesus. I don't even think I've heard of that. The sweet blood of Jesus, um, yeah. Yeah, how sweet it is. Um, and then for anybody listening out there, that is spelled D-A, the sweet blood of Jesus. Yeah, duh, that's why I said it that way, dub sweet blood of Jesus, yeah. <laughs> um, more recently, what he so he did 2019's Harriet, which I've heard good things about, actually. I've heard great things about that movie. Yeah, um... um and as well as Black Klansmen. Black Klansmen, yes. About that movie I've heard too. really yeah, great I've things heard, I've never seen it, that. but I've heard great things about Some it. Some of this really made me want to go look up Howard Drossen, just like look at him, and I I, I would have expected him to, to be black um, based on a lot of his discography, actually. But Yeah, uh, I do not believe that he is. He's not. I was surprised. Um, okay, that takes me on another line of thought, but I'm not going to go there. But, you know, get, get stuff. I need to cut this, Pedro. What are you doing stuff, to me? But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, a Marvel one-shot, uh, two Marvel one-shots, The Consultant, which I don't remember, and A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to Thor's Hammer, which I do. <laughs> I do remember. What the f- fuck are you talking about? 
Um, are these movie names? Yeah, these uh, it's film and television. Uh, these were these were back in 2011. So um, you know, kind of in, in oh, the midst I thought, of when... I thought you were telling me a story about a funny thing that happened. Like, dude, I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Sorry, I, I may have missed a transition <laughs> in there. But yeah, no, it's it's a Marvel one shot um, short film called "A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to Thor's Hammer." And okay. it was never seen it. It was yeah. It was it was silly, you know. <laughs> it was silly, but yeah. So there we go. That is that is Howard Rawson. All right. Well, shall we move on to our final block of this probably a little bit lengthier episode than usual? Since <laughs> it, you know we are we are focusing more on the composers on this episode, uh, going way more in depth than we usually do. Yeah. Plus, I, I'm a little slower than normal. So, but uh, <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. But yeah, yeah. Um, I'm excited. Shall we jump this into the composer that you bumped? So I could keep him. Yes, I think we shall. And I remember, or I, I think I listened to this track um, because again I recognized the picture. But yeah, I, I why didn't then why didn't you pick this over this Skylanders <laughs> track? It is probably so much better. Um, I don't know. But let's go ahead and take. And it's weird. I would never, ever, ever have pictured Hans Zimmer composing for this franchise. <laughs> so let's go ahead and take a listen to UEFA Champions League from FIFA 19. This released on September 28th, 2018, and it was composed by Hans Zimmer.
Coming up next, we'll be taking a listen to Kinu's theme from Tengai Makyu 2 Manjimaru, released March 26, 1992, composed by Joe Hisaishi. Last up in this block, we're going to take a listen to Honor for All, the end credits from Dishonored. Released October 9th, 2012, composed by Daniel Licht, featuring John Licht on vocals.
the small will the taller they stand will the harder they fall we live for today but we die for the next with blood in our veins in the air and our chest or we step into war with our hearts on the line the dirt on our boots is six free over time A distance of Roma at best A withering smile that's stuck deep in your vest The night air it wraps its fingers around Your body it shakes from a now distant sound Oh, the sound of her voice A sweet symphony Played over and over until you are free
coming back in. We are talking about UEFA Champions League from FIFA 19, again released September 28th, 2018, and composed by Hans Zimmer. All right. Before, before we talk about anything about Hans Zimmer, Bedroth, or anything, I don't have anything to say about FIFA 19. It's a, it's a soccer game or football if you're from anywhere else but America. <laughs> right. That's what it is. Yeah. Nothing to say about this game. I don't play these games. How did you feel about this track? Well, um, so FIFA games, I mean, they're they're big enough to have a following. They have a big enough following that they showed up back when I was working in market research and we would do uh, studies about video games. FIFA was almost always one of the, the ones that was mentioned, probably because it's worldwide sales are probably really good. Um, Correct. Since soccer is so, so ubiquitous. Um, another big word. But yeah, um, <clears throat> this I do remember this. This is one I'm familiar with. Th- th- this is the part of the game where the players all stop and stand up straight uh-huh. and turn around uh-huh. and they see the enemy approaching. And so they, yeah. they, they take up their... <laughs> their so they charge. <laughs> <laughs> their, their, their elemental soccer ball cannonballs and they charge into battle. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. And this epic fight ensues on the field. Yep. Uh, you know, crowd is just throwing projectiles. I mean, the players are dodging them in slow-mo as things fly onto the field. And then someone the looks stadium up. stadium starts... And says, yes, here come the eagles. <laughs> and as the eagles swoop in, dude, pieces of the stadium start falling down and you just get crumbling environments. And that's Hans Zimmer. Absolutely, man. Nobody, nobody does it like Hans Zimmer. I think in terms of the most prolific composer we're featuring today, no question, it's Hans Zimmer. Yeah, I mean, I think I think even more than, you know, Danny Elfman and... Um, you know, Mark Mothersbaugh. It's yeah. Howard Hans Zimmer. Hans Zimmer is up there with. He's one of the greatest composers of all time. Yeah, he, he's. And for a lot of people, he is the greatest. I, I feel like you know John Williams has to have a say in that, uh, but sure. Um, but you know, uh, a- absolutely. And uh, there's just there is something about Zimmer's music. It's just, it's, it's, phenomenal. it's the sound of cinema. Yeah, phenomenal. I love the top comment on this YouTube video that we listened to. Only Hans Zimmer can make a FIFA game into a Batman game. <laughs> and it's so true. It's so true. I'm not going to get into Hans Zimmer's catalog, dude. He's composed alone over a hundred soundtracks for films. Yeah, I mean, everybody knows and at le- and has, has seen at least one Hans Zimmer film. Yeah, there's no doubt somewhere along the lines he's composed so many i mean if you saw the lion king you which most people did yep. you know hans zimmer yeah um fantastic dark, dark night right you yeah. know hans zimmer Knights. like absolutely yeah, yeah. dude he's and done so much i can't get into it i that would take me the another hour to go over hans zimmer. i have to say that the ending just popped up again when when that vocal kicks in and dude oh that was such a it's good ending. so good it's so good. And he, he is still active. He is still going. Um, he did 2021's Around the World in 80 Days. Mm-hmm. And yep. actually did the music, which is super sick. Did not realize this. Did the music for a roller coaster in Belgium um, called The Ride to Happiness. Oh, my gosh. That is, that is fantastic. <laughs> Fantastic. It is a spinning extreme coaster at the Plopsaland Dipani 
in Adenkerke, Belgium. <laughs> I love, I love that, <laughs> uh, and I love the way you pronounced all that too. It's, I'm um, sure it's, I'm sure it's the perfect pronunciation. What are you talking about? Uh, uh, of course, of course. Um, <laughs> while um, while Belgium is most remembered for. Um, being the country that it took the Nazis like six weeks to cross when they thought it would take two days. Um, and also for the fact that uh, uh, it produces what a lot of people think is the world's most disgusting vegetable, the Brussels sprout. Um, but God, I hate those. <laughs> but no, that, that I, I, uh, I'm not going to go deeper down that rabbit hole that I just wandered over to. But man, um, a Belgian roller coaster. I hate Brussels. I hate Brussels sprouts. Uh, dude, you haven't had them cooked right. I love Brussels sprouts. Oh, they're so good. Fry them up. Even in like, terms of a... Uh, pan seared no, with, no, like, no, no, garlic. No. I was going to say, even, even with a bunch of stuff on it. No, 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 no. no I mean, no, not, not I like fry, like in... Like in uh, uh, serum, They you know? smell so bad. They smell so well, bad. I mean, it's cabbage. <laughs> I can't. They smell so bad. Cabbage is supposed to be pungent, but... Uh, but we're getting so deep in. Hans Zimmer composing for a Belgian roller coaster is... <laughs> That's just amazing. There's nothing better than that. That top Shrek four, you know, the the forty ride. <laughs> absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Um, he is doing the music for because, of course, he is. Um, November third, twenty twenty three, Dune Part Two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he is doing the soundtrack for that, as well as next year's, which I cannot wait to see. Uh, Mufasa, The Lion King. Oh yeah, yeah. That's that is an interesting. Um, I am cautiously optimistic about that. Uh, the The last Lion King, the live action remake, did not give me a lot of high hopes for future projects. But, um, but yeah, that's that's interesting. I, I could get into that. In terms of TV, he's got a decent catalog there as well. Not nearly as prolific as his Hollywood career in terms of films, but did do the entire series of Sons of Anarchy. Oh wow! Okay, okay, yeah. This was no, this was not great. not Sons of Anarchy. Um, not Sons of Anarchy. Sons of Liberty. My bad. Okay. I said the wrong Sons of. <laughs> I was like, okay. I said the wrong Sons the, of the motorcycle. But show. I, I remember, uh, wa- okay. I remember watching Sons of Liberty. I remember watching Sons of Liberty on the History Channel. So in terms of TV, he does a lot of like history and yeah, that's cool. It makes BBC, sense. BBC type stuff. Yeah. Um, Definitely makes sense. So he did an- another ser- a mini series that I watched, and he composes a lot with Lauren Balf, by the way. Um, yep. Another mini series that I watched back in 2013, The Bible. Okay. Um, yeah. He did the music for that, and I watched that because I have an open mind. Um, yeah. But that was an okay series. It was. It was. But um, he also de- so again like Planet Earth Two, Blue Planet Two, Prehistoric Planet, Frozen <laughs> Planet Two. Yeah. Because of the the nature of those shows, yeah, he's he's, he's got the this perfect composer for them. This this epic yeah. but magnificent, like hovering over creation kind of music, and yeah, absolutely, it's perfect. Yeah, in terms of video games, he doesn't have nearly as many credits. Yeah. Uh, he's he's kind of like Danny Elfman on the Simpsons that. game. Yeah, yeah, the Simpsons I feel like game. Everybody, which so many, com- yeah, so many composers we've talked about today has been featured on the Simpsons game from two thousand seven. <laughs> But that's um, incredible. Also featured on Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, Crisis 2, which is his probably most well-known uh, video game contribution. It was the theme music to Crisis 2, which we have played before on this show. Um, did do the themes for Skylanders, Spyro's Adventure again. Mm-hmm. Also Arena composed of Valor, with FIFA 19, it was. And something called Ashfall released this year, but I huh. have not heard of it. Definitely has a Howard Zimmer-esque name. Sounds like something that... Uh, so... You know, yeah, cool. Yeah, um, very cool. And um, I, I... I don't know. I love I love that track. That was, that was really good. 
but this next one um yeah we go into my retro submission for the episode you had one earlier with Zyconics. yep so my my retro pick for this one and, and this was done accidental i didn't know you were only going to have one as well um comes from a japanese only release that i will be honest never heard of it mm-hmm. yep it is called tengai makyo 2 manjinmaru and otherwise known as far east of eden 2 Manjimaru. It is a PC Engine game from 2000, or not 2000, 1992, and was composed by Joe Hisaishi. Now, I do know I've heard of Far East of Eden uh, as a series, um, and Tenge Maku. I don't know that I have. I, I think it may have come up on either some, something where they play obscure stuff like uh, pixelated audio, or possibly back on one of the Mercado Bros episodes, because at this point they've covered like everything. Um, but not everything. Uh, <laughs> I got something coming up later this month that they haven't done. Yep, absolutely. I'm excited. But uh, but yes, the Joe Hisaishi, um, stretching it a little with the the, the Hollywood royalty. Um, but I am. Yeah. But I I had to do it. I mean, dude. I mean like cinematic royalty. That there there is no Japanese composer today yes. that is on the level of Joe Hisaishi as far as his worldwide fame. Um, largely Absolutely. because of the properties and, and he's it, connected to. Correct. Like, even though he's not a Hollywood composer, he is a Japanese composer. His films still primarily, at least nowadays, um, I guess there for a while they weren't. But um, now his films do tend to just you know release here in theaters as well. Um, He is most well-known probably for, you know, doing all of the, or at least most of, but I think it might be all of, the Studio Ghibli. Yeah, Studio Ghibli films. Catalog. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Joe Hisaishi has had the kind of influence on Japanese culture, I feel like, that Akira Toriyama has had, where... Okay. So much of what he has yep. done, what, 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 or Hisaishi has had the influence in Japanese music that Toriyama has had in Japanese like art, like modern, modern like pop music and art. Um, Hisaishi inspired so much video game music and and so many video game composers, and was I believe in turn um, heavily influenced by the musical work of um, the Dragon Quest composer. Yes, we we've, we've talked about that Koichi Sugiyama. Yes, uh, we talked. Yeah. yeah, we talked about that um, because I've even stated that I think Joe Hisaishi is the perfect guy to take the helm for future Dragon Quest releases now that Sugiyama has passed away. I I agree. I definitely agree. Um, uh, much ado is made uh, of this fact, even though I don't know how big of an influence it really had. But because you love Yuzo Koshiro so much, of course, we have to to mention that Joe Hisaishi did instruct Yuzo Koshiro for a l- for a little while when Koshiro was very young. Absolutely, so, yeah, absolutely. Another connection there to video game music. Yep. But I really enjoy this track, man. This is very nice, dude. It's so good. It's so chill. It's got a great vibe going to it. Again, I know nothing about this game. Uh, it looks very typical Japanese anime-styled game, um, at least in the artwork. Back in 92, it probably was very pixelated, but um, I don't think it was one of those. I don't think it was one of those adult Japanese no, games. No, it, but... it doesn't look like it's. I think it was a kind of an RPG-style <laughs> game. Um, Fair. And Fair. it's interesting. You know, I'm glad we mentioned that he did uh, train... Um, Yuzo Koshiro because this has definite ease vibes and oh 100% you have to very Nihon Falcon and and it came out several years after ease so I have to wonder 
is Koshiro's work on ease and influence from his time influencing with his Aishi, his Aishi. <laughs> or, or yeah, like you said, is this the or former did he teacher pick up on that yeah. style from his Aishi? Right. Correct. You said the same yep. thing, but we said it in reverse. <laughs> it's <Indeed>. funny, <laughs> uh, but <love> yeah. <laughs> um, but this this is really good stuff, man. Um, yeah, super fun, super fun. Another composer that doesn't have a ton of video game credits. Yeah, only a couple. He doesn't. And I, you know, I think most people in terms of video games now. They think of Nino Kuni, right? For Joe Hisaishi, Nino yep. Kuni, Nino Kuni too. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, other than that, I had to dig. And I landed all the way back in 92 on this game because there weren't really any other ones besides Nino Kuni. So when I found this, I even had to dig because there was another composer on the soundtrack uh, by the name of Yasuhiki, or y- yeah, Yasuhiko Fukuda. Yes. Yeah, Yasuhiko who, Fukuda. I definitely know that name. Who, from? Uh, yeah, who did some Super Bomberman 2, yep. as well as Super Bomberman 4, Super Bomberman 5, Poppin' Music 2. I feel like there's a show that talks about Poppin' Music. I, I think so too. Yeah, I think it's uh, is that rhythm, rhythm and is pixels. That rhythm and pixels? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yep, I thought so. Um, but I had to dig even to find out like what Hisaishi composed for this game because it's kind of obscure. Luckily, VGMDB came through. But um, this is so cool and so chill. I love it so much. It but not as much. But then we move as into your, yeah. This was I, my track. Of I was show, hoping dude. you would like this. Okay, okay. I was hoping you would like this, even more so than our closeout. Wow. Yeah, even more than our closeout, which is surprising because I love our closeout so much. But this, I just this, this is special. Uh, this is special. I know so, so little about this game, about... so you have to talk to me about it. <laughs> okay, fair. So we are talking about Honor for All, otherwise known as the end credits from Dishonored, which is a Bethesda game that was composed by the late Daniel Licht, who unfortunately, like I said late, you know, he did pass away in 2017, August 2nd, 2017, 60 years old. Um, also featured on this track is his brother, John. John is doing the vocals here. So so good. So it's so good, man. It's so phenomenal. So Dishonored is my favorite Bethesda. Oh, that's tough to say. But it's okay. <laughs> it's one of my favorite Bethesda franchises. Um, that's that's funny. I I really 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 like Dishonored, and I and it's because of the stealth gameplay. Um, you know, I can't I can't discount Elder Scrolls. I can't discount um, Doom. I can't discount Fallout. Like I like Bethesda in general, even though their games are full of freaking bugs. Like they're everywhere, but I like Bethesda. But something about the stealth gameplay that they perfected with Dishonored really made it one of my favorites. I love the original Dishonored so much. Dishonored 2 is pretty good too. Deathloop is part of the Dishonored timeline somehow, but I don't know how. I've never played Deathloop. Is there a subtitle to Dishonored 2? Uh, no, there is a spinoff game called Dishonored Death of the Outsider. Huh, okay. Um, it's it's an expansion standalone to Dishonored 2, but no, there is I no I was thinking of Uncharted, The Honor Among Thieves. Yeah. Okay, okay, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> but man, this is so, so good. And like the, the combination of these amazing vocals, like amazing this is some of the best haunting stuff I've heard in this vocals, style, dude. But haunting vocals—it's incredible. Oh, it's so good. 
It's so good. I love this so much. But even like the cover of the the album, the album cover of this this guy with like a metal skull helmet and like one yep. arm is all powered up like Captain Marvel and the other that's, arm. That's who you is, play as. He you play so as this cool. character in the and game. Is that like a skeletal Big Ben in the background? It is. 100%. Okay. So what yep. is going as I see a smokestack. This is obviously London inspired. What what yes, is going is. on here? So this game has you playing as this character that uh, I forget. I think his name was Corvo, but I don't remember his last name. Um, and he is employed, maybe a bodyguard at security. I don't know. Um, I can't remember exactly what he did, but he was employed to the Empress of the Isles. And unfortunately, she is killed. Oh, no. So he gets framed for her murder and he is forced to become an assassin to seek revenge on who basically conspired against them and actually killed the Empress of the Isles. So the game is purely stealth based and you have to really utilize your environment, utilize your skills. He dude, this character in Dishonored and Dishonored 2 gets so many abilities that are just so dope. He can turn into like smoke. Um, it's it's so cool. The gameplay of this actual game and like the gameplay loop and the elements that they have you doing. It's so sick. There's a lot of magical elements and abilities that you get as well. That's um, cool. But it took like the stealth gameplay of because I think Metal Gear Solid primarily is known for its stealth gameplay, too. Yeah, it took a lot of what Metal Gear Solid did and honestly perfected it. Like, I think Dishonored, Dishonored, it does get a lot of credit, um, you know, widely regarded, sitting at a 91 on Metacritic. Uh, Kyle has never been a big fan of this series, which always bugs me every time we talk <laughs> about Dishonored, just because he's never been able to get into this. But it's such a good series, and I really, really hope that Arcane Studios, now that they got their freaking you know, games-as-a-service game out with Redfall earlier this year, yep. I honestly hope they go back to Dishonored and do a Dishonored 3. It deserves to have a third game to close the trilogy, so... I really, really hope that they do that in the future. It probably won't, you know, see the light of day for five, six, seven years, but damn it, I hope they do it. Um, it's just really, really sad that when they do, Daniel Licht won't be there to compose it. Yeah. Because he did do the music for, um, you know, the original Dishonored as well as Dishonored 2 and unfortunately passed away during the... Um, you know, during the production and release and compositions of that spinoff game I was talking to you about, Dishonored, Death of the Outsider. Yeah. So Man. that game is his final game composition. And I think just his final composition in general, it released um, after he died. What's that P word that I can't think of right now? Posthumously. Yep, that one. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, yep, yeah. so that was that was his final release. And uh, this is not a name that I was overly familiar with. Uh, what else What else has he done? So besides Dishonored, the only other video game credits he has is Silent Hill Downpour from 2012 and Silent Hill Book of Memories also from 2012. Oh, wow. One was a... Um, one was a PS3 game and one was a Vita game. Okay. Um, in terms of TV series, he nothing of note really. Um, at least nothing that sticks out to me. And then movies, again, nothing massive. Children of the Night was his first release in 1991, which was a horror film. 
<laughs> Sounds uh, like it. He did Am- Am- Amityville, It's About Time. Mm, okay. Uh, Children of the Corn 2, The Final Sacrifice. So connected to 92. horror. Yes, very much so connected to horror. Children of the Corn 3, uh, Hellraiser, Bloodline. Um, did Bad Moon in 96, which was, I think, a werewolf movie. Um, Don't Look Under the Bed from 99. Cabin by the Lake in 2000. Oh, Cabin by the Lake. Might actually be, might actually be his most well-known yeah. movie that he composed for. Um, when I said that, you exclaimed, "Do you like that movie?" I did. It was it. it it's one of those interesting okay. ones that like it toes the line between horror and horror comedy really, really well. Um, which is why I actually have seen it and like it. I'm generally not a big like just straight horror fan. Um, but I do like when like it's like horror comedy almost. And yeah, okay, so. fair. Fair. So this is another one that is he a master of Hollywood? I don't know, but I think he's a master of his craft. And I think that is shown by this track we listen to Honor for All and the end credits music. You know, I think at this point, dude, we are just going to have to call the episode Masters of Hollywood. That's fair. Because we, 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 we keep saying it. that phrase. And so, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, that was what, what we what it ended up being our goal. So, uh, so or your goal. Uh, yep. so, yeah. Um, that works. That, you conveyed well that works. But, but yeah, this yep. this was this was so good, man. It gave it gives me chills every time I hear yeah. it, dude. Like, and I haven't even played the game. Knowing that he's no longer, yeah, knowing that he's no longer with us, and knowing how haunting this track is, it gives me chills. Yep. He passed away from sarcoma. Oh man. Oh, that's terrible. But man, cancer sucks. <sighs> and um, I said brother. Uh, apparently, John is his nephew, not his oh, brother. Oh, okay. That's my bad. Yeah, and another composer who has has kind of a family connection that they've worked with. We've had a few of those tonight. Um, yeah, yep, but, yep. Uh, but that moves. But that won't be our final track. On, we have yeah. one more that we're going to talk about. <laughs> your last pick of the episode, which honestly, man, I know this was your pick of the show. It's hard for me to say this couldn't be my pick of the show. Um, this blew me away. And yeah, it's it's crazy. So we're talking about uh, what's going to be our closeouts. Um, Legacy from Saturday Morning RPG, um, composed with Kenny Meredith. Uh, this is by Vince DiCola, uh, who is probably most well known for two things: uh, the Transformers animated movie, <laughs> and um, he also hasn't done much, dude. Which is insane. And also Rocky Four, uh, the the instrumental tracks of Rocky Four. And yeah, man, um, you're right. He hasn't. It, it blows me away that he's barely done anything, but he is absolutely a master. Like just with Rocky Four and Transformers the movie, yes, yeah, absolutely a master. Rocky Four uh, came out in gosh, I uh, eighty five. Eighty five. Thank you. So right in the mid eighties came out, um, and. Uh, it was the first major use of sequencers in a big studio project like this. And uh, Pensacola pioneered the sound, uh, or was one of, I won't say he did it by himself, but he was one of the pioneers of the things you've talked about, like new wave, synth wave, synth pop, um, you know, dance, and, uh, you know, electronic music. I mean, uh, Revenge of the Nerds, yep. that came out around this time. Um, y- this dude, this track sounds so much like the music. Yeah, the first yeah, part. I said, I, I, yeah. As soon as it's, yeah, as soon as it starts, I was like, dude, this reminds me of something. What does it remind me of? And you're like, well, it kind of sounds like the, tr- the song that the nerds play in Revenge of the Nerds. <laughs> yes. And I was like, that's 100% <laughs> it. <laughs> and then it changes, as so you pointed it, out. It's, it changes multiple yeah, times, which is so freaking it cool. Yeah, it's, it's, um, and he, it just, he shows his range. And, um, from what I, the comments I've seen, uh, I, have not seen the movie since man I, I i was four years old when transformers the movie came out in 1986 
Um, and I remember it being on one day at daycare. For some reason, that's one of those memories that the picture sticks in my head. But I don't remember anything about this movie. But it's got enough of a following. Like, people talk about this soundtrack. And I'd forgotten that when I pulled him. I just know him. I just love him from Rocky Four. Like, yeah. like War and the training montage music from Rocky Four. Those songs set the tone for me eventually getting into video game music. Because those songs had such oh, an influence on me. Okay. I love those tracks. Wow. Yeah. Um, and because they're, you know, they're, they're the electronic synth wave type type feel you know um of course i think that decola had an influence on video game music in an, in the states the same way that um joe hisaishi had in japan that's a fair comparison absolutely yes yeah. and yeah you're right it is crazy that he just hasn't done a whole lot of stuff but when what you do is that pivotal in in the music scene you know bang for your buck man <laughs> yep quantity over quality you guys quality are in for quality. a freaking ride with this closeout pick man this is so cool yeah i dude blown away by this track man absolutely blown away by this track and i also have to mention um interestingly enough one of the games that he composed for also along with with Meredith uh, was the original music for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutants in Manhattan uh, which was again a Platinum Games game uh, based on the IDW Ninja Turtles comics and uh, has has some really good stuff in it that you might be hearing more of soon in the not too distant future. Okay, <laughs> fair, very nice, very nice. So, yeah, um, <laughs> dude, I just got to the part of the, of the track where the lasers kick in. Yes, oh my god, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds so much like Rocky Four, man. When you guys get to the four minute thirty second mark, uh, if you grew up in the eighties, this is this is gonna take you back. <laughs> It's so this is such so a good freaking pick, good. Man. It's so cool. Um, so it's so good. Uh, you said you know some stuff about this game. I, I have heard of it, but I don't remember a whole lot about it. Saturday morning RPG. I've also heard of it. I've never played it. Um, it was an indie I, title. I wouldn't say wasn't that it? I know a lot. I wouldn't know that I a lot. I don't know a lot about it. To be I, fair, I, I, I want to um, say it was, it was like a Kickstarter. It was an indie title type yes. game. Um, I don't know if it was on Kickstarter, but it was something. I think it was crowdfunded. Um. This was before Kickstarter. I really want to... I, I could be wrong, but I want to say when I think of crowdfunding, I, and I think of this, and when I think of Vince Nicola, I think of a crowdfunding stretch goal. I don't know if that's just a connection I'm making in my brain, but it has that feel, uh, you know. It is. I'm reading about it now. It's not a connect... It's a connection that you're making in your cool. brain, basically. Nice. My synapses so are still firing. It, be it began... <laughs> It began in development in 2010 during the inaugural session of a joystick of Joystick Labs. I don't know okay. what that is. Oh, it's a video game developer incubator. Okay. Hmm, I've never heard of that. And then development continued for two years until it released in 2012 on iOS, and then it was ported two years later to Steam. So this this was really, when it came out on iOS, it was well before Kickstarter was really taking off in the thing. Yeah, it's got that same, it's got the same feel, uh, at least visually, as Cassette Beasts um, from recently. Sort um, of, yeah. And I could mm -hmm. be, I mean, yep. it's a giant robot with a tape deck in his chest. I mean, it's, <laughs> uh, you can't really get more 80s than, than this with all the sharp angles and everything. It's just, it's so, it's so good. But yeah, um... I might have to check this out. I might have to look up, look it up because I like these little little RPGs. And um, uh, yeah, yeah. Speaking of cassette beasts, just picked that up on the Switch uh, at uh, based on nice. Kyle's review over on Play on Arrival. So yeah, Kyle loves that. And of course, you heard a track from it. I think last month on Radio Hour. Yep. So what a great track! Yes, it was. What a yes, great track. Was. 
And what a great but show, every dude. track on today's episode. I was going to say, man, it was so great today. I'm glad we finally got a chance to do this. This is what I've been wanting to do for a while. It, it definitely went a little long, um, I, I okay. did, but I did right. pick the right music night, even more so maybe than our universe uh, episode. I, I don't know, for, man. Uh, I feel like if you were feeling like you did th- that when we did that episode, you would have had a a pretty fun time. <laughs> yeah. I know I did. You're probably right. You're probably right, but... But, all right, but yeah, man, um, excited. But I am, I am. Anything to anything to plug before we get super out? Super excited to start out this month. Um, I uh, do want to talk about my um, my new podcast that I'm starting. It's uh, um, it's about uh, of all things, um, really, really specific focus on occult board games, uh, Ouija mania. <laughs> oh, you're taking the shit. <laughs> yep. Oh man, Ouija mania. Dude, that's good <laughs> shit, man. Ouija yeah. Mania. I, I do not think I'm going to keep that up, but I just, I had to, uh, out of respect for Kyle and Sev. Uh. <laughs> that's my kind of shenanigans, dude. <laughs> I thought you were actually going to promote a show that you've been talking about maybe starting. I know. So. I, know. I love that I didn't even say anything to you about that because I forgot I was going to do it until just then. Uh, but yeah. That's um, incredible. Nothing real to Ouija plug, Mania. except for. Even, even sounds similar to Kyle's new show, Squeegee Mania. Very similar sound. We, yep. I like how you did yeah, that. Definitely, definitely so. Um, um, but uh, but yeah, it's um, I, the, the only thing I really have to plug is uh, continue to check out uh, my daughter Shukapow's YouTube channel. Um, she is heading off to college around the time that this episode is going to post. And uh, nice. yeah, so good luck. Thank you. Kind of bittersweet moments, easy. but. Uh, but she's not going too far. Uh, it's only about an hour and a half away from here, so um, so yeah, nice. so that's it's not it's just far enough, I think, for 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 both parties. <laughs> um, a good amount of uh, distance and independence and separation, but also close enough that if you need mom and dad, we're here. So yeah. Um, but man, yeah, I'm getting a little choked up just talking about it. So let's go ahead and move on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think that'll bring us to the close, unfortunately, of the show this week. We do want to thank you for sticking with us and listening to another episode of BG Mania made possible, of course, by RPGera.com. If you like video game music, and more importantly, you like us and you want to help us grow the show, check the description box for ways you can do just that, including a link to join our Discord community. Click it, join it, and interact with us. Bedroth, what are we closing out with? We are closing out with Legacy from Saturday Morning RPG. Also, just a heads up, this song is over six minutes long. It was released on September 10th, 2013, and it was composed by Vince DiCola. Keep the music playing and keep it loud.